Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jan Roos, and I'm here today with Zeb Anderson. Very excited to have you on the show. Zeb is the CEO and founder of LegalQ, and uh, we've had an interesting pre-chat about the platform. It's really something different than I've seen out there, and I'm super excited to uh, share with you guys what Zeb's been working on and some of the learnings he's had in, in developing this. So thanks again for coming on the show, Zeb. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I uh, really appreciate it. Love the podcast and excited to chat. Okay, super cool. All right. So I'm really excited to get into the meat and potatoes of how the, uh, how the platform works and super, super interesting. But as far as the situation with what brought you to the legal industry in the first place, um, tell us a little bit more about your backstory and how you got here. Yeah, definitely. So love technology, lifelong developer, you know, I'm D and uh, old school nerd kind of thing. And, uh, went to uh, law school because honestly, I thought that there's a better way to use technology to find conflict resolution, to enable access to, um, you know, a, a simpler workflow to, to the many issues that legal has today. And I think to be frank, like we're pretty behind the times in terms of uh, access to, or using technology to enable different aspects of the legal tech journey, if you will, versus other services industries. And Sometimes it takes a pandemic or a crappy startup to kind of kick that in the pants a little bit and move that along. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I totally agree. It's um, it's interesting. I recorded a podcast not too long ago, probably released soon to this. But yeah, it's interesting because just the walled garden of legal has sort of prevented a lot of progress in, in ways that haven't necessarily helped people in the sand. I know like access to justice is something that's really huge for you guys. And um, you're actually telling me a really interesting story about when you were working at a company before this. Would you mind telling it again for, uh, for the listeners? Yeah, definitely. So the biggest way that I kind of learned about some of these middlemen problem was at, a, at my past job. I was at Medtronic, big med tech company. And my final, one of the, my final roles there was leading analytics for the corporate strategy group under the channel management function. The long title to say, we tried to get from us directly to the and hospitals in a more effective manner. So pacemaker to XYZ. And globally, we saw this as an issue, especially in some markets. And one of the situations was where we basically had a pacemaker that somebody needed in an emerging market in Peru. And we checked to see what the end price of that was. And the information we had was $67,000 for the end price of it. And we were like, what the hell? That seems like prohibitively expensive. So we check in SAP. For that model in Peru, it's 5,500 bucks. And by the time it goes through two distributors in the hospital markup, it hits that literally tens of thousands more expensive version of that. And, you know, access to legitimately life-saving therapies. And that's just a little microchasm of where this happened globally. And truly to enable, you know, access to these therapies that are saving people, saving people's lives, you know, we had to use data to see where we can either buy out these distributors or joint ventures or go around them and if the infrastructure supported it. And it was during that time I started thinking, you know, what other industries kind of have that middleman problem and legal is one of them, right? We have, especially at the top of the funnel, if you will, a hard issue of just people understanding where to find an attorney that's simple, right? You don't have 
free legal queue, you know, like your workflow might be, you Google something or, you know, Google lawyer near me for this use case. And you find three websites, whoever has the best SEM or SEO, and then you are talking to three of them, you know, you maybe get scheduled for half of them. And a couple of days later you get called back or the worst, if you use another agency that, you know, not to throw too much shade, but a lot of them have pretty terrible user experience for the users in that if, um, use an aggregator like Thumbtack, you're going to be on 10 or 20 other attorneys at the same time, right? And then so this poor soul is getting bombarded by 10 to 12 attorneys after they submit a legal question, right? And so it's just a terrible user experience on that end. And we wanted to make that process simpler. And uh, that's what we did. Yeah. And it's super important too, because it's just like, yeah, to absolutely co-sign on that. Like a lot of them said, I'm not, I'm going to try very hard not to name any names here, but yeah, like the non-exclusive lead generators. And we actually funnily had a lot of experience with this at one part of uh, the case field journey. We were going to a ton of bankruptcy leads and they were using a certain letter vendor for doing this stuff. And it was crazy because the way that they were making distance on this was being the first person to respond. But you know, to your point, it's not going to stop another 10 or 15 people from bombarding it. And you know, what does that result from the client experience? That obviously sucks. Um, but from the attorney experience, it also sucks too, because, you know, we're not really able to set an experience in a way that, you know, you can kind of control the conversation in a way that's helpful. And like, honestly, regardless of whether people think that it's this way or not, I don't really think it helps people talking to five different people about the same issue because it's, you're going to probably wind up more confused than you were when you started. Thousand percent agree. And that, I mean, I literally experienced a version of this. I, uh, maybe seven years ago now, went to get a mortgage and went through an online broker that said they were going to connect me to a bank. So I said, cool, you know, see what the rates are. And it was a broker that sent it to however many banks. And I literally got 30 calls within the first hour. And I had to shut off my phone because I just literally couldn't, you know, get random numbers from these bankers anymore. And so I've experienced that side of it, you know, not in the legal lens, but it's just the same thing. And it's a terrible experience. And to your point, if the product of that is more confusion and less actual allowing the attorneys to do what they went to law school to do, to be advocates, right? To actually practice law as opposed to trying to get through the marketing and <laughs> management bullshit to get to that place. It's you know a lot harder to maintain that price level that, that is affordable if you spend and the ABA has some stats on this. Um, at a big firm, most lawyers spend between around 53% of their time managing and marketing their firms. That means they only have 47% of their time to actually dedicate to the practice of law, right? If these market aggregators with non-exclusive leads kind of perpetuate that, you know, the, the system as a whole gets a bad rap. Yeah, hundred percent. And like, that's the thing too. And like, there's, there's enough of an optics problem with, with lawyers in the, in, in general, with the practice of the law. And it's unfortunate because a lot of people are just not going to have access to help that they could maybe get. So I definitely, um, <laughs> no, I resonate with the vision hundred percent. I'll also say this too, going even beyond the non-exclusive aggregators. It's just like, I really don't think the user experience is great. And here's, here's a name I will drop. It's like on Google, honestly. And it's like, if we True. think about this, you know, getting on top of the results for SEO these days, you could be spending three, four, five thousand dollars a month on this kind of stuff too. You know, we used to, you know, we're still doing personal injury stuff. You know, it'd be one hundred fifty, two hundred dollars a click, and ultimately, you know, that's taking people out of practice. And it's just, you know, we have a defined watering hole, and people are setting up all their kiosks around it, and um, there's just all the, the different aggregators. And 
to your point, honestly, it's just like, it's not a huge user experience because everyone just kind of looks like, you know, it's like buying dish detergent on Amazon, right? It's like, who's got the most stars? Who's got the lowest price? And it's no wonder we have a situation where everyone's, you know, complaining about price shoppers these days, because, you know, what other than your profile photo is different about you than anyone else that's showing up with one of these situations. So yeah, I agree. There's a big problem. <laughs> yeah, you nailed it. I, uh, I think the Amazon analogy is a good one. And it's a really pressing problem because, you know, it's not like people are going to stop using technology, right? It's going to get more and more pronounced as people turn to that as their source for where to find an effective attorney. And I think unless we do a job of assisting that process in a simple way that is not kind of baked into the web one world, you know, I think that's, that's the journey we have to go on as a profession. Okay, awesome. Well, that is a fantastic segue to how we're going to solve this problem. So tell us a little bit more about the platform and, you know, the, maybe the decisions that kind of led to why you guys are doing things the way you are. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, we started about two and a half years ago, just the concept of, and to be honest, I overbuilt a lot of it on the front end yeah. and journey learnings is, you know, give theories and like, Hey, what, find your pain points with your customers first. And then, you know, talk about potential solutions as opposed to, Hey, I built a thing, you know, use this. And then yeah. they're like, why would I use half of this? So we did about 50 design thinking sessions, with attorneys, 50 with users, and basically came around the idea of, it's just too hard to know where to talk to an attorney effectively in a simple way today. And so the process of legal queue turned into an app that users can use to connect to an attorney's for a 15 minute free consultation, 15 minutes text, voice, or video chat. And the attorneys have a web interface because we learned it sucks to text out six paragraphs of legalese on your phone. Yeah. So we gave them a web app and basically they, you know, walk the users through their issues, you know, just as they would if you called their office. Right. But the, the thing that's impactful about that is we have a pretty really, really robust performance marketing kind of tool that we have developed and shout out to Anthony Bernetti, our marketing lead to kind of develop that process. And, and what we can do with that is basically, you know, for one, you know, get all of these aggregate leads at a much better rate than the attorneys can get if they did it on their own. And we just pass on those savings to them. And the second thing is that, you know, as part of this process, I'm a data nerd at heart, right? And so we can, at the end of the consultations, get feedback from the attorneys that say, hey, this was an effective lead, or this was, you know, somebody that I want to follow up on for a future endeavor. And in doing so, we can feed that back into, you know, the different technologies of Google, Facebook, LinkedIn that say, hey, you know, send us more leads like this cohort, or, you know, it's, it's not a one-to-one, -one, like send us this person, but it's in the aggregate, it's anonymized and et cetera. But at the same point, it's, um, you know, getting better and better over time as we grow that platform. And then the attorneys on our app just basically simply pay for uh, per consultation and they can, you know, set how many they want that week and we do our best to fulfill it. You know, it's, it's not a one-to-one. -one, so some days maybe they, if they ask for three a day, right, we'll send them maybe one and one day and four on the next, you know, so it's not a perfect science, but at the same point, we get them as close as possible to the month that they are asking for. And beyond that, they just, you know, pay us per consultation. And then there's no, you know, uh, contracts, there's no long-term ways to do it. It's turn it on if you need extra clients. And if you don't, you know, turn it off. And uh, what we found is that given the simplicity and light vetting that we do on the front end, 
the attorneys have about a one in five chance of turning that into a paying client. And that's about double of the industry average today. So pretty excited about that. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And I'll say this too. I mean, like the economies of scale that you guys are probably dealing with in terms of just like, you know, pooling essentially all this different, well, I guess if people wanted to do this on their own, they could set up an ad account or hire somebody to set up an ad account or something like that. But yeah, you compare that to one person versus thousand, 10,000 attorneys, it's, you know, you're going to be at a completely different ballgame when it comes to the data that the platform has and just the efficiencies that you're going to have to kind of optimize that stuff. But, you know, I also want to point something out that I think is fantastic that you guys are recommending as well, too. One of the huge issues I've had with people that are, I wouldn't say similar platforms, but on paper, kind of a similar idea, you guys are letting people close uh, deals for whatever prices that they feel are fair to set, which I think is a huge gap with a lot of these other platforms as well. And the other thing too, I thought was really interesting too, 15 minute consultations, honest to God, people give away way too much as well. How'd you guys end up arriving at that number? Uh, And thanks for the kind words. And and you're totally right. It's actually a selling point that we have with attorneys today is, you know, if you get a call from somebody randomly into your office, you know, most law firms have some flavor of a free consultation and that kind of industry standard today ask me over beer sometime about a situation where I <laughs> fell into a 430 some dollar supposedly free consultation that it wasn't. But basically what they see that as is instead of having, you know, that person that calls your office talk for 30 to 45 minutes, and, you know, maybe you get them as a client, maybe you don't. And the nice thing about this is the technology is almost a neutral intermediary for that, right? Because the attorney has the ability to pause timer if they want, if the conversation's going well, if they still have more stuff to talk about, but the users don't. And so the users, you know, have that 15 minute window where they have to basically have the chat. And if they can get all their successful consultation needs figured out during that time, that's great. And the attorneys can point to the platform and say, legal cue socks, right? It's not me. So like kind of joking, but ultimately kind of a neutral intermediary that they can have as a way to be efficient with their time. Yeah. And that's the thing too. Everyone's been on the other side of that too. And I'll even say like, you know, when we're talking to clients as well too, it's just like, yeah, like, you know, everyone's been on that call where it's, you know, an hour and a half past the time it was scheduled and you're learning about somebody's childhood. It's like, okay, well, you know, I think people give way too much in the consultations in general as well. And like, it's, it's kind of a ridiculous standard that I think the industry has kind of arrived at where it's like, all right, cool. Hey, look, you know, what you're giving, you're giving what three, four, five hundred dollars worth of your time just to talk to somebody. It's like, oh, okay, well, I mean, if we're doing that and, and splitting into a 15-minute chunk, that's already a huge benefit. And there's the thing too, it's just like, you know, realistically, and you know, not for not to make it dismissive of anyone who's looking to get help on the platform. Honestly, it's like, you know, you can figure out what your problem is in 15 minutes. It's tough to figure out your solution in 15 minutes. And that's where, you know, the natural process to make business out of this is going to happen for the for the attorneys. But also, yeah, with a hit rate one in five, you know, going from an hour and 15 potentially, or, you know, if it's, if it's one in five, you know, you're, you're basically, it's an hour to get the 15 minute consult, the results in the client. It's not five, which, you know, can add up pretty quickly, right? Yeah, that's a great way to, to think about it. And emphatically, we have the, uh, you know, we're working on tools internally, by the way, to help attorneys like these are playbooks that, you know, best that the best attorneys on the platform have utilized that to be honest, some are, are much higher conversion rates than others. And so, you know, we're trying to help those that, that need that extra help. But, you know, so far what we found is it's the best kind of middle ground of our core mission, which is access to justice, right? Everybody gets a free 15 minute chat with an attorney. 
but then the attorneys also have the ability to, to your point earlier, you know, make, you know, or get, tell them their prices afterwards and they take that off platform and they can do that as they will. And then in the middle ground, you know, we have hopefully a platform that enables kind of the best of both worlds, both sides. Yeah. And honestly, I think there's a huge opportunity here because if you think about the situation with the people who have absolutely no problem finding an attorney, paying for an attorney, accepting kind of the deal as it exists today. And then there's, you know, the Venn diagram or the other side would be the people who are just, you know, scared, confused, unable to find uh, an attorney. There's the chunk in the middle is the people that are theoretically able to afford these services that wouldn't think they are otherwise able to access it to. And then also like, you know, not for nothing, you know, this is kind of speaking outside of this is context. You know, for those four people that end up not closing, like that's kind of the that's kind of the goodwill of the platform as, as a whole, right? Because people are get help with their situation. So I think that's also good too. Don't tell any of my clients that I feel that way, but you get the idea. Okay, that's awesome, man. So I mean, it's kind of cool too. We're doing a little bit of look at the. Uh, I have to say too, like the design of the app is is gorgeous, and you know, we we had a couple of things we were talking about pre call because I know you guys are keeping tabs of the data. Is there anything interesting that you're comfortable with sharing as far as findings that you guys have had since you ended up, you know, two and a half years into this journey? Like, did you find anything surprising in data so far? Yeah, Jan, thanks for the, again, the kind words. That means everything. Yeah, we've had some interesting ones. We had the assumption that a lot of people would be really interested in the video chats. And in the data itself, it looks like I'd say about 70% are text only. So, you know, they just use the app to text through the app. 20% 20% are voice and about 10% are video. So, you know, there's pretty good sample size now of that as well. And that's kind of flipped on my head what my assumptions were going into it. And I think part of that might just be, you know, the people that use the app are maybe like uh, Gen Z, Zoomer <laughs> kind of excited or millennials that are kind of text by default. And then, you know, sure you get zoom fatigue just as much as i do and sometimes you just want to you know have call or or text and call good but the other side of that is that when we first went into market we we had the assumption that we would kind of target covid uh related areas so kind of thing Mm -hmm. like landlord tenant small business some criminal and and basically you know we had our initial campaigns around those areas or practices of law and we were getting so many family law situations come through or wills and trusts that <laughs> yeah. we basically were like, all right, I guess we're onboarding those attorneys now. And so people will find a way to access the, the area of law that they need to given uh, their circumstances. Okay. That's fascinating. Cause I mean, I would definitely not have expected the chat thing to be as prevalent as it is, but like, it's kind of funny. I think about these, this just comes to mind. I'm not a user or anything like that, but like a lot of these, um, like better help and this kind of thing. See, they've, they've set a lot of groundwork for people being comfortable with talking with a professional over this, this kind of situation. But I mean, dude, I'll say this too, from a data scientist perspective, you got a wealth of stuff to work with. If 70% of this information is coming over text. So you gotta, I mean, they got your work cut out for you, but that could get really, really interesting to see how those, those consultations end up going. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, by the way, we do have the ability to extract the audio from the video and, and audio. We use Twilio, which has kind of a native API baked into it that can extract some of that out. And a lot of what we use for quality control, you know, are the lawyers actually being responsive and helpful to these situations? But this kind of goes to our longer term plans, which is, you know, if, if you get the same legal question over and over, right? Like I need help with my DUI in California, you know, what are my next steps, right? You can ultimately 
you know, if you think about it, right, on the left-hand side, these are these questions being asked. These are the answers based on latest and greatest in the legal system. And over time, you create a corpus of data that can be used for machine learning and AI algorithms to say, hey, Jan, you know, you're an attorney on legal queue. Here's your question that came in. Here's the best answer based on these previous ones. You know, so we can truly create like an attorney assistance tool to help enable you to look like a genius, right? Because you can add a little color to that and, and throw it back and say, hey, this is the best way to do it. And they're like, wow, Jan's a genius. Like he answered my question in this, you know, short amount of time as well as um, it's, it's the best in there. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of extens- extensibility options that we have going forward with that as well. Yeah, that's super interesting. Okay, so now from the perspective of an attorney signing up platform, I know you mentioned the, the conversion rates are super high. What, uh, you know, what sort of the, what does it look like for somebody who's coming on the platform and, and, you know, what would it look like for onboarding or getting started? Yeah. And, uh, this is another learning that, uh, we had along the way, you know, startups is just lifelong learning, fun, fun, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, we, the first kind of touch point is a demo of the app, we kind of walk them through the attorney web app and their dashboard that they have. And. That just a allows them to see it in action, gets them comfortable with the interface, and helps them to enable just a level of um, comfort around it. Because you know, not for nothing, I think a lot of attorneys are are very risk averse and mm-hmm. don't trust technology as as much as you know you. It, it's ironic too, because to your point earlier, right? Like I, seventy percent of my my things that I get in life are from Amazon, right? And so yeah. like. Yeah, we trust these other platforms, but we don't trust them as it relates to law in a lot of ways. And I think uh, getting the attorneys to see it and understand it and just help them become proficient at it is, is definitely our first onboarding step. And then afterwards, they just uh, they get three free consultations to kind of use it and help understand, is this something that I could be useful or helpful with? And hopefully they pick up a client in that process. And then afterwards, you know, we just basically tell them to turn it on for how many they want that week. And we uh, go after it for them. Yeah, and that's super cool too. I mean, and this is, I don't know if uh, this has come up in, in kind of like your user research, but like, you know, one of the things that we found is one of the hardest things, and this is just you know, having marketed at different levels for the last, uh, however long we've been in doing this for, it's just like to get to the point where you have a consultation, there's more that falls off in that than most people realize. And like, you know, a lot of people who haven't, you know, taken the, the plunge and, and gone into marketing yet, they're like, all right, cool, you know, We'll get this billboard. We'll get this Google ad. We'll get this whatever. Well, okay, cool. If you're not around to pick up the phone and set the consultation, a lot of juice gets end up losing at that step. So to be able to get to that point, probably more of an advantage than a lot of people realize. And I hope people aren't squandering these opportunities because they're hard to come by. <laughs> it's uh, that, that's definitely super cool. And then you know, I'll say this too. As far as the the situation for, are there any practice areas that you've seen performing better or worse, or like where, where seem to be the opportunities as far as this kind of a, of a method for getting at people? Great question. And uh, quick to your to your other point. So we we talked to somebody who was leading a marketing group internally at a law firm, and we asked you know what channels does she use to to promote the the uh, the firm and. She said, you know, X, Y, Z thing. And she's like, and we also do billboards. And it's like, we never even really understood if they were helpful or not, but I basically have placed them where the partner of the firm drives in from his, his home <laughs> to the office every day. <laughs> and so he loves to see it. And so that's why we keep with doing it. So I'm like, oh, all right, that's, that's one reason. <laughs> but to, to your question, I would say a lot of the transactional ones seem to be more or more, I guess, 
higher converting than others. So think like family law, if you have a, you know, you know, divorce or a, a situation where you help with different aspects of that, but it's transactional in nature. So you kind of need your top of funnel to be filled. Those are pretty high converting. Wills and trusts actually is, is fairly high. Some of the ones that aren't as, as high converting are some of the general business question areas. Like we found those to be a little bit lower converting. So we're trying to figure out, you know, why that might be the case. Intellectual property is probably in the middle of the map. You know, you either need a trademark or you don't, but it helps yeah. to help understand why you do. And so I would say those are the categories. Okay. That's super interesting. And yeah, I could see the transactional stuff too, because, you know, it's almost kind of like a free trial of what you're going to get for working with the person. I can imagine some of the litigation stuff. Like, oh man, I got to help. With, I need help with my DWI. Oh shoot. Totally. That's how much it's going to cost. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Hey, look, you never know. It's like, you know, there's, there's always opportunities for that kind of stuff too. But um, yeah, for what it's worth too, we haven't had the easiest time marketing general business. It's just such a broad category sometimes. And, you know, with the different ways that people specialize in it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, with, you know, <laughs> all the above. Yeah. yeah I, I hear you. <laughs> okay. And it's hard because, sorry. Um, it, it's hard because basically you, if you make the category selection super narrow, you're going to miss out a lot of times the users just don't have an appreciation for some of the complexities of, you know, what type of business question this is. And so even on the matching side, it's hard. And we do a little secret sauce we do is we basically created a AI engine that uses this thing called a bag of words, which takes, you know, our collection is like a hundred thousand data points for these questions that match it relative about 97% accurately to a legal category, but it's only that accurate if you keep them a little bit higher level, right? If you get way too granular, A, the user experience sucks because you have to try to figure out, you know, which of these subcategories. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then it also is it's harder to pinpoint that for, for the attorneys broadly too. Okay, well, that's super interesting. Okay, awesome, man. Well, I mean, it's been awesome talking about this. As far as kind of next steps and basically, you know, is there any, if somebody's interested in taking the next step, and let me go one step further because we've got some really awesome listeners in Law from Growth Podcast and found that feed, actually, I got that feedback from a previous guest today. If you have any areas or states or practice areas you're trying to build out, is there anyone you're trying to shore up or kind of buffer right now? And let's see if we can get to specific if any of the listeners know anyone. <laughs> Thanks, Jan. That's, that's awesome. Actually, Texas has been growing crazy recently. If you have any listeners down in that state, that would be amazing. I would say Pennsylvania has been a, a pretty big market recently too, especially we've had a lot of requests for for family law and crim specifically, and a couple for kind of PI related areas. And we have, you know, a decent amount of attorneys there, but we uh, definitely could shore it up with uh, some extras that are helping the cause on that. And uh, beyond that, it's just, uh, I, I think the easiest way to do it is to try it, right? Like if you don't like it, you've, you know, got three consultations under your belt and you can call it a day. But I think that's the that's the hardest part is just to get attorneys that kind of in the door to try the thing and, and help them understand the benefits without having the, uh, I don't know, scar tissue of some of the other platforms out there today that really <laughs> yeah. has done a disservice to all of us. And I say this as an attorney, right? Like the attorneys are amazing at, at all things practice of law, but the thing that I think law schools need to do a better job of is just training on some of these business related areas, right? Like how do you run a practice efficiently? How do you look for the best marketing programs to help enable that. And, you know, being 
pretty far left on the adopt or far right, I would say, on the adopter curve of you know where attorneys fit in on that. Sometimes it um, is a challenge, but also once they do, then we've had pretty good success rate to to show them how it is helpful to them. Yeah, and that's the thing too. Like, I feel like in general, um, we had a pretty good mix on the podcast so far. And it's like, you know, I feel like the just the level of conversation we have tends to draw on a lot of people. Whenever I speak to listeners, I'm always super impressed by how intelligent everyone is. But look, if you guys resonate with anything about what's new, when it comes to new platforms, that's usually where the juice is. So if you know that's that's usually the payoff for anyone who's willing to you know jump in the pool first, is you're probably gonna have better access to stuff. So that's resonating with you. Best place to find would be legalq.com, right? Working on the .com with legalq.io today. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, <laughs> legalq.io. Legal okay, well, we should get that in the show notes as well. <laughs> no worries, no worries. We just got our uh, trademark registered, so we can uh, do the ICANN route, bold.com that's been out there for a while, but Okay, awesome. Man. All right, well, Zeb, it's been a great talk to you, and uh, for everyone else, yeah, absolutely check that out. I think it's a huge opportunity, especially if you're in one of those two states, but um, for everyone else, I'll see you guys next Tuesday, 8 a.m. Eastern on the Lawford Growth Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode. 